I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We're grumpy and we're so old, we receive spam emails entitled, Your prostate is the size of a lemon. You're very welcome to the Gorilla Hit Grumpy Old Men podcast. Just once in a decade, in a lifetime maybe, the world of entertainment is disrupted and utterly elated by something entirely new. Good Lord! And now for something completely different. It's Grubby here in the Central Missionary Position, and with me I've got uh, the bear in his garden, alongside uh, Beavis or Butthead. Hello, bear. Hello there, Grubby. <laughs> Hello, Fred. Did Hello, I cover you? Technical uh, issues. Not, not brilliantly, not, not brilliantly to me, but uh, uh, in the blue corner, <laughs> it's not Fred Titmus. Hello, Fred. Hello. So, um, well, it's been a week in cricket, and um, I didn't actually get to see much of the now legendary run chase happened on Saturday, because I was at my mum's um, 70th birthday party, which has been mentioned a bit on the show. You socially um, distanced Yeah, we were in a garden, mate. Don't worry about that. Okay. Yeah, before you send that distance. <laughs> um, but it was quite a, a pleasant surprise, a thrilling climax to the game, wasn't it? Well, I'd love to help you, but I think I saw about as much of it as you did, Grubby. So uh, maybe, um, no, in fact, I didn't see any of it. I saw about the five-minute highlights. But it looked yeah, like, like a good run chase from the five-minute well, highlights. I, I saw the whole bloody thing. And uh, it was quite well, fucking amazing. to you then, Bear. Well, it was. Uh, it was a crazy game. I, I don't looked... want to say... I. You don't want to say what? I don't want to say I told you so, but Friday afternoon when England were in the process of winning the game in the third innings. And I was listening, of course, to Gorilla Cricket for some reason. And uh, none of the people on there seemed to notice that England were putting themselves into a position of winning the game. And they were just, you know, they were talking about selection for the second test. And England always lose the first test of a series. And 
you weren't actually noticing that Pakistan were collapsing at a rate of knots and were setting England. At the time, they were, they were just about 200 ahead. And I, was, I felt moved to actually tweet into Gorilla Cricket, not something I do very often, uh, to say, hang on a sec, England can win this. And of course, I was poo-pooed. There was a, a large degree of poo-pooing going on. But let's be fair, I can have the last laugh. Well, Did you get I, any money I, down on that, Fred? Because, um, just a little. Well done. Very good. Oh, yeah, got good odds. Well, actually, I thought what I thought about that, and I looked at the odds on uh, when I came in on Saturday morning, and England were only five to four, and Pakistan were marginal favourites. And I thought, well, yeah, how many times you actually? It wasn't that good. I mean, how many times you actually chased two seventy, and at five to four, you wanted about three to one at least, and I'd have put money on it, but it was offering me five to four. I was like, nah, should have put money when the fifth wicket went down. And look, I watched it. I wasn't there when you were sending these tweets because I wasn't there on that day, funnily enough. But I will say that I was thinking the same thing. Uh, you know, obviously, 270 isn't chased that much. And uh, the, the balls that Ollie Pope and Stokesy got were virtually unplayable. I mean, the one that got, the one that got uh, Ollie Pope spat off a length, caught his glove, ballooned up in the air. Stokesy got another one from uh, round the wicket by uh, Yasser Shah. It pitched in a rough, and it went virtually past his chin from a decent length. And you thought, "Oh, this is it. We're done." And Wokes hasn't scored any runs for donkeys, even though we all know he's a good bat. But I tell you what, Joss, the gimlet-eyed Joss, it was the perfect situation for Joss because uh, he knew exactly what he had to do. Yeah, yes, his shot bowling out of rough, and he needed hundred odd, seventy odd runs. And you kind of thought, "Well, this is the perfect situation where he can just go out there, play his natural one-day game, do the sweeps out of the rough, the reverse sweeps, which is what he did to start with. They sort of clammed up a little bit at the end, but um, it was a quality chase, mate. It was very nervous. Yeah, well, I think the thing about Joss there, he was playing, as you say, the sweeps or reverse sweeps, but sometimes to exactly the same ball, and I think that really oh. flummoxed the spinners, particularly, particularly Shadab, who, let's face it, is not quite in the same league as Yassir. Um, but it really sort of threw him because... Um, I think when, when you see that coming at you and it's two completely different shots and then the third ball might have been bunted back over his head, you know, that, that really put you on the back foot as a, as, a, as, a, as a spinner in that situation. Well, it was interesting because Yasser Shah was, was really defensive against Joss. Uh, so he was bowling around a wicket into the rough to Joss Butler and as soon as Wokesy came back on start, he'd go back over the wicket trying to bowl in the rough outside his off stump. He, just, he was flummoxed by Joss Butler. He didn't know, he didn't know how to bolt him. But in the end, uh, it was such an easy chase that England could afford, for the love, to put Brodie in up the order to try and slog off the last few runs. I mean, that's, that's almost taking the piss, isn't it? Someone even tweeted in saying, should they put Brodie in next instead of Bess? And lo and behold, outstrode Brodie. So, yeah. It yeah, was it was good. probably quite a good decision, really, because he was more likely to score those runs quickly that was doing a few bits and bobs, uh, whereas Bess might have tried to play it more... Uh, technically classically true and got in a bit of trouble so I think that was um, you know a, a bit of good captaincy there you know it wasn't why it wasn't universally praised for, uh, praised for his captaincy route in that test match was he you know you think about bowling six overs himself and then bringing um, yes. you know, Anderson and Archer into the attack when Broad and, and um, Wokes were clearly the kind of form bowlers so he, he was getting quite a few uh, brickbats I think from around the cricketing um, know-it-all-arati, should we call them. Um, but that, I thought, was actually a rare bit of... Uh, 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 well, we've given them a little bit of praise there. 
and it, so it, you, you, it, you think it, the one it, boundary it the victory in pretty quick the one boundary that broad hit made it all worthwhile you mean before he got out to club lbw i reckon so yeah, actually as it, as it turned out yeah as it happened yeah, yeah. an important four it was an important four. Well, this is it. If we'd like, lost best. Paul Collingwood's crucial 10 in 2005, which took 90 minutes. Got him an MBE? It's not, yeah, it's not well, always the number of runs. It's, uh, it's the match situation. Well, we're, we're all, this is all a bit serious and I'm all a bit crickety. Well, it uh, is. Uh, but I've, but, I've, got a, I've got a question to ask to try and um, throw people off that scent. Uh, we've done enough uh, serious analysis of an actual game of cricket. Um, since, uh, since the game, Dom Sibley has been quoted as saying, I'm greedy, I should have had five test centuries by now. Um, he was obviously greedy a few months ago when he was two stone heavier. Talking of which, <laughs> I was thickened today on a work ball, um, and, and this didn't please me 100%. It was someone who hasn't seen me for a few months, and I, I look a bit kind of um, hairier than I was a little while ago. And he knows I like cricket, this bloke, and he just private messaged me during the meeting saying, you look like a young Mike Gatting. <laughs> oh my now, God! So, so, so you I know, wonder. Anything I like wonder, a young Mike Gatting? I wonder if either of you has been compared unfavourably to any cricketing legends. I wish well, I David had Gower, been. obviously. Uh, <laughs> You're compared to David Gower, yeah. Yeah, yeah. My cover drives. Uh, I, I mean, I'm right-handed, but you know the rest of it—the hair, the shirt open to the navel, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, obviously, David Gower. Well, Tuffers. What a, what a disturbing thought. You've been compared to Tuffers, have you? Well, that's exactly the same. Because I bloody bowl left-handed. I don't look anything like Tuffers. I spoke like him. That's true. And I probably took yeah, large excess of true. other things that he probably takes too. But, you know, uh, other than and that. And you've both had a, a very successful career in broadcasting after your playing days. Well, um, absolutely. If only I was getting paid for it. If only I was getting paid. Well, yeah, I don't know. I got you some good gigs over the years. Uh, uh, well, even if you didn't get paid for all that you should have done. Well, um, yeah, it was a lot of hard I'm work. Gonna, to I'm get gonna paid. let I'm gonna let the listener on a, on a little bit of a secret here. I haven't told Grubby I'm gonna do this, but so basically, Messy Jez and the other listener that listens to this podcast, um, Grubby and I found ourselves on together, and uh, one of the days of the last Test match, uh, it was a bit ad hoc because Hendo dropped out and there was trouble with the Zoom, and we had a little. Um, we had a little game, actually, that we were playing just between ourselves. Um, Grubby, do you want to expand on it a bit? Oh, well, you were doing such a good job for a bit, if you insist. Um, yeah, the, the game is one of those uh, school schoolboyish um, little uh, wheezes, whereby you have to introduce um, words corresponding to a certain theme into an otherwise general chat, or in this case, piece of commentary, without getting rumbled. And that's the bit that I look this game. So we, we decided we would introduce as many 80s songs into our into commentary um, as we could. Um, but of course, Knackle rumbled me within about four seconds. And then uh, people... Well, like you did the start with China in your hand. I mean, that was not the, that's not the best place to go. <laughs> I was just thinking Zig Zig Sputnik myself. You know, SS20. <laughs> the uh, sneaky one. We did, we did, in a 40-minute stint, I think we each did about a dozen, we got about a dozen song titles in there, some of them easier than others to shoehorn in. Um, yes, but, I mean, uh, you, you started off with Hello, which... Uh, hello! Looking, yeah. looking back was, was, a, was a pretty... Uh, a, That's an easy one. A pretty easy, slippery one to get in there, yeah. Yeah, Whereas I, I was Whereas I was more ambitious. Uh, well, I did get some others. I got, you know, uh, Too Many Broken Hearts and Stand and Deliver and... Uh, uh, well, when the game gets quite easy. 
Well, it was Stuart Broad was batting, so you know it wrote yeah, yeah. itself. Let's be so honest. So Broad, he just needs to stand and deliver now. Yeah, right. That's a thought. Well, right. I did say, uh, you know, in the way he plays, it's less stand and deliver, more run away and deliver. But uh, I think, yeah. And I, I did listen back uh, yesterday to sort of ten minutes of that session just to see if I could spot any more. Uh, but one of the tweeters, I think it was uh, was it Chris the Choir. Chris the Choir. Said, is Grubby trying to get song titles into his uh, um, into his commentary? And at which point, that means I'd won the game because the first one to get rumbled um, is out. So unlucky, Grubs. We are now telling the world that you you lost the game that that we invented. Um, what so, is? I, I, I wasn't particularly listening this time. So what was the most ambitious one you tried to get in there? How did well, you get Trigger in your hand in there? I was saying it was just a very delicately balanced game. <laughs> Almost like China reading hands. So, uh, you know, it was a massive crowbar effort, basically. Um, I'll, I'll just, because uh, I've forgotten that, yeah, China in your hands, under pressure, end of the world as we know it. That was quite a lengthy one. Um, free falling, fight the power, blue Monday. That involved me um, stating something factually incorrect, because at that point, I, for some reason, the game was due to finish on the Monday. I said, if it keeps going like this, it might be a blue Monday for England. Of course, it wasn't. It was scheduled to finish on a Sunday, so I should be disqualified for that alone. Well, no, uh, you still got a name in. You just made a, you just made a, a an error of judgment. I, I think that. Uh, well, as, oh, as, we'll a, as, a totally, of, as a totally impartial referee, I'd say that's fair enough. You just made a mistake, but you still got a name in there. Well, I'm wondering whether "Fight the Power" is too, because there was a song "The Power," wasn't there? As in, "I've got the power." I think you know, maybe the nineties. Nineties, yeah, just into the nineties. Yeah, it was uh, "The Power" by Snap, which of course became um, "Feel the Power" Taylor's walk-on music. I wonder why. Yeah, he was so good. Wow. He was so good, actually. He had two pieces of walk-on music. Fanfare for the Common Man and uh, The Power. Anyway. Uh, with qu- power. So uh, it's just a... Quite a know, good game. If, if people ever listen to me and Gravy, uh, I, I know, you know, other guerrilla commentators might decide to take it up amongst themselves. But if we're ever on again, and you think you spot something that Grubby has said, not me, Grubby, then make sure you tweet in and <laughs> make sure that he's disqualified from the game. Well, don't now, just think to yourself. Now, oh, I wonder if he's talking about you know uh, types of fish. Then he's trying to shoehorn them into the conversation. Uh, of course, uh, Gr- Grubby pointed out that the, the England uh, football team in about 1990 did similar things on post-match interviews. Uh, they were also trying to get songs in, and uh, uh, Gareth Southgate won that with uh, what was his effort, Grubby? I think it might have been 96. If he was oh, inside, no, yeah. I don't think he, he wasn't in 1990, was he? Um, yeah, he said, they, they say, oh, what's the mood like in the camp and, you know, how, how are you managing being isolated? Because even though the world wasn't in a period of isolation at the time, you were still relatively, uh, you know, locked away. He's like, well, it's not exactly Club Tropicana around here. And this is, <laughs> um, but I, only, I only know that because I was looking at, I was watching an interview with him in which they showed that piece of footage. Anyway. I seem to remember yeah. that, was a, that was a documentary, wasn't it, about dodgy England sides or something? That was 96, that was in England. Uh, a Euro. That was a Euros, yeah. Yeah, yeah but they were, still, they were still in their own camp, though, wasn't they? they I, was in, uh, I was at that semi-final, England-Germany. Can't remember what really? happened. I was in a pub in Clapham North. My mate was going apoplectic at the end. I was just really pissed and, you know, say la vie, that sport. No, yeah. I, I, was, I was in the apoplectic camp. It was in the days when I really cared about football. 1990 and 1996. And 96, just because it was... It's happened again. Like in, in similar circumstances, it's happened again. I can't believe it. And um, 
yeah, being pissed didn't prevent me from feeling rather maudlin, I'm afraid. Well, well I, no, see, pre- I missed 1990. I was in Australia on my year off in 1990. And I remember the semi-final going on and me saying, I'm going to watch it. But because we were down there and everything was the wrong time, I hadn't really followed the World Cup then anyway. And I, I, I think I watched about five minutes and fell asleep and then woke up right at the end of extra time to us losing. And because I hadn't really followed it and I wasn't really that involved in it, 96 was the first time it really hurt. But as I said, you know, I was quite pissed. And then there was you... the Ronaldinho in that quarter final when he stuck it over Seaman's head. That was a one. It was a really... fluke. Still it a fluke. Was... Yeah, well, whatever it was, fucking Seaman should have saved it. I was fucking upset after that. <laughs> Having got up at four in the morning and got pissed by six. Yeah. <laughs> so so you were you were down under then. Another point for me, Grabby. Um <laughs> yeah, I was with a, I was at that on. game. <laughs> oh no, we're not playing anymore. No, that's true. I was with a, a friend of mine uh, called Barry, who was in the apoplectic camp. Um, yeah. He was absolutely furious. A big England fan. He's more of an England fan than a club fan, which is rare amongst football fans. Um, but at the time, uh, he was obsessed with this television program, which I thought was rubbish. It's called Men Behaving Badly. It was a big thing at the time, and uh, as we were walking out the ground, we ran into Neil Morrissey outside the ground, and all of a sudden. From being furious about the result of the England game, he said, uh, "It's him," <laughs> and he was in a totally good mood after that. So it's amazing what can what, what can turn you around in these situations. So Neil Morrissey, that... you did you did my friend Barry a big favour. Just imagine if someone saw us on the street and said that, and we had that we had that effect as gorillas on other people. Well, so my, did, my... just just by virtue of being Neil Morrissey, he blew away the troubles of your friend. Oh, yeah. Dear. Yeah, it sounds like a terrible heckle. It sounds like a terrible heckle to him. Oh, look, look who it is. It's that fella off What's-His-Face, you know, thingy-me-jig. Um, it reminds me of a heckle I once did to um, Angus Lochran, who was known as Stato, and he was on... Remember him? He was on with uh, Skinner and Badil quite a lot. Friend of Gorilla Cricket, I think you'll find. Uh, David right? Brooke had him on a few times. Well, I, I, never true, met, yeah. I never met him, apart from when I saw him once. I think... I, I think I've been to Cheltenham Festival before Before I used to go, you know, regularly. It was a kind of work jolly thing. And as we were filing out hundreds of us, I saw him. And obviously, drink had been taken. And I just went, um, Stato! At a point at which the crowd collectively just went utterly silent. And he looked around at me. And um, at the time, he wrote for the Daily Telegraph. And the Daily Telegraph racing correspondent was called um, Tony Stafford. So he turned around and I went, Where's Tony Stafford? The <laughs> worst, worst heckle you could ever think of. Oh, God. Uh, well, I... talking of, of, of heckling and comedians, uh, our old friend um, has stepped up or down in the world, depending on how you look at it. A friend of Test Match Chauffeur and Gorilla Cricket, um, Artif Nawaz, will be making his debut on Test Match Special on Thursday. Another one flows the, flies the nest. What are we going to uh... do about it? Well, what can we do? Good luck to him, is what I say. Who's he on with? I don't even know who he's on with. I presume well, they'll be... Or, I don't know, but it's very lucky that Pakistan are playing, because he, he does know about Pakistan, <laughs> if, if nobody else, to be fair. So, uh, you know, he's lucky that he's got that particular gig. So, well done, Atif. If you ever listen to this podcast, we're well all done. delighted for you. Uh, they have a stats man there anyway. He'll be fine. They just feed them that shit. Well, the stats man is Andy Zaltzman. Another oh, one that's true. Them. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and uh, Norcos, who was the first one to go over that side, um, yeah. tweeted and said, uh, welcome to the team Tiffers, he said, as your nickname will surely be, to which I thought I had to reply. I remember once when Atif was on um, Sofa 
with, uh, he was alongside Miles Jupp at the time, and I, there was lots of chat going back and forth with Juppy. And I tried to um, instigate the nickname Tiffy, but uh, he didn't really like it much. And, and I've just reminded him uh, of it on, on Twitter. And he still, <laughs> he still doesn't like it, it seems. Uh, Miles Jupp wrote a book about a, a bloke impersonating um, a cricketing journalist or broadcaster. Uh, and I read it. Uh, it was uncomfortably close to home. It was basically my 2020 or 2019, actually. Um, I, I didn't find it funny at all. I only read it like six months ago. Uh, In fact, didn't thought, you take inspiration from the book and then carry out your own little um, journey? Yeah, but I, I didn't get the comedic side of it. I just thought it was all very... Uh, <laughs> you, all you, were just a, you were just along for the ride, Fred. Well, In I the was, same... but I, I found myself broadcasting, uh, you know, on... On, on radio in the West Indies on an England test match. Uh, I was just wondering, how did I get here, in the words of that uh, talking head song? Well, but thanks to Dave Brooke, funny book. originally, I'd have said. Yeah, yeah, top you, man, David. Yeah, absolutely, top you, man, David. You see, you didn't find that book funny, Fred, in the same way that my grandfather, um, who ran a guest house in Torbay, didn't find Faulty <laughs> Towers funny. Yes. Well, <laughs> bloody, bloody guests, bloody guests getting in my way, getting on my feet. What? That's not funny, that bloody programme either, by the way. That tall fellow. Was he a Lancastrian? He was, yeah. Well, spotted. Sounded like it. Yeah, well, he was, so yes. Um, well, yeah. Amongst other things that happened this week, um, this may shock you, this may shock the pair of you, but I got into a bit of a spat on Twitter. Really? No. Yeah. Tell me, who yeah. with? With, with the National it. Cricketing Board. Ooh, which one? Uh, Iceland. Iceland. <laughs> oh, really? oh, we know who that is and why. Oh, please, do, please do tell. Well, he's got a beer in his bonnet. Um, you oh, know, really? the word wicket means a lot of things in cricket. You know, it means the stumps with the bales on top. You know, um, it also means uh, when somebody is out, that's called a wicket. And yeah. let's be honest, it also means the bit between the stumps. You know, yes. the bit that you play on comes down a wicket, especially. Uh, oh, but that's the bit he's got the beer in the bonnet. Mr. Iceland cricket has got a beer in his bonnet. He says, no. If you look at the laws of the game, which is always a great start to a conversation, look at the laws of the game and oh you'll find God. it's called the pitch and not the wicket. And therefore, everyone who uses the word wicket to describe the bit between the stumps is wrong. Yep. And I said, well, maybe, but people have been calling that for about two centuries and I can prove it to you. And therefore, you're talking out of your Icelandic arse. Um, Did you put Icelandic in there, Fred? No, no, I, I, did, I did say, <laughs> oh, what a saga. Uh, but, you know, it, uh, I, let's be fair, Iceland cricket is in the market of drumming up a little bit of publicity for themselves. And, you know, a, a good argument is always a good way to do that on Twitter, let's be honest. You know, it's a bit like uh, celebrities accidentally revealing their underwear when they step out of cars. You know, it's one of the great uh, proven ways of getting publicity. Um, but honestly, well, I've, I've heard, I've heard that before. Of course, the wicket is the wicket. I've heard but, that before, that... that that it isn't that it's the pitch or the, or the cut strip or whatever you want to call it um well whatever just, you yeah but surely whatever you want to call it that comes down to the wicket whatever i want to call it if it's been called the wicket for two centuries as fred says i'm going to go with fred here uh then surely right. com common parlance then brings it into common usage which then becomes it is it well yeah, i did but... ask whether a sticky wicket meant that some bloke 180 years ago had smeared jam or honey over the stumps uh, obviously not. It's referring to that bit that they, they play on and the ball bounces on. Obviously. Yeah, but people also say lackadaisical and that's not a word. That's Do you know, true. 
people all say well no 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 don't see, I, I could care less well not that i know the laws of grammar as you know but uh <laughs> i would say lackadaisical is a word because it has uh, meaning well it's, it's the same argument it's, the word is lackadaisical so to say lackadaisical oh, is, 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 an, is an error <laughs> yeah yeah there's a word lax and the word lackadaisical what right, is, so okay. people see, have I've been using the word if the people had been using the word lackadaisical for 200 years i think then it would become a word well morons might have who knows but there we are that's the whole point of the dictionary isn't it i mean this is why everyone has a fit every time the daily mail goes this word in, to come into the light you know into the common or in this case the laws of the game no well exactly well, well i'm in uh, agreement with fred on this you know the man behind iceland cricket uh, happens to be a big supporter of somerset uh, county cricket club and um he did message me saying something along the lines of you know thinking that butler should be in the next uh, in the next test team and i said yeah but he's still a lousy pitch keeper uh, uh, <laughs> and how did that one go down yeah uh, did you do what you always do fred which is basically just keep batting away and annoying people more and more well uh, we know the man behind iceland cricket and if yes. anyone is uh, capable of returning <laughs> that in kind it is well you, you do pick them don't you fred let's, yeah. let's be honest we happen to be good friends <laughs> uh, so as i say you know, like the celebrities, not not always a, a celebrity spat or a spat between minor cricketing nobodies. Um, it's not always what it seems. That's better. <laughs> How many fires uh, so, retweets? Well, funny. Yeah. Well, not enough, but uh, no, as far well. as they're concerned, yeah. And funny enough, it was with that very individual um, that you and I had that lengthy discussion at about four in the morning one time on air about the wicket is down. Oh, the wicket is down. Yes. Well, uh, always... maybe in that conversation at the time, he also said, look at the laws of the game. He did. Yeah. That's where we yeah. got it from. That's where we got it from. And in fact, I, I happened to be uh, lurking and, and um, take, consuming this. That's the, cry, which, that's the cry of the pedant, I have to say. Look at the law. Well, one person's pedant is another person's accurate. I suppose. Yeah. Bradley, what have you seen on Twitter this week? You're always good with these, uh, with these kind of things. Well, I saw an, a really interesting argument about the word wicket <laughs> between two minor nobodies uh, on the sport. No, I, I was a I national body. They're a national cricketing body. They're not nobodies. I thought you were talking about yourself. Sorry, I was. Yeah, <laughs> um, but the, he used that very phrase um, in because he ran a poll, a very pointed poll, to make, uh, you know the the only point of which was to make the point about it being incorrect in his opinion and in mine actually. Um, where in his example about um, the wicket, one of the correct um, uses of the word wicket was three stumps with the bales on top. As in, he said, the wicket is down. So um, he's obviously very drawn to that section of the laws, is all I would say. It was a very rare poll where all of the answers were wrong. But wrong they were. What? So what were well, the answers? You, you I, I want to know now. You have to I, check I, the way I, you word it. You know it, me. I don't actually look at Twitter. But, there, there were some negatives in there. It was all very complicated, but all the answers is, were wrong. It was, it was along the lines of, which of the following is an incorrect definition of the word wicket? One, the set of stumps with the bales on top, as in the wicket is down. Two, the cut strip between the two sets of stumps. Uh -huh. uh, three, three, when a batsman is out. Or four, all of the above. I'm afraid well, you went with all of the above, yeah? Well, no, all of the above are not wrong. 
Uh, anyway, it was, there was a negative in the question. It didn't make any sense. Or none of the above, then. Yeah. If, if I ever now, you're, if I, now you're being a pedant, Fred. If, well, there is a <laughs> difference between you know, you knowing like, yes. like, like whenever I put anything on WhatsApp and it comes back, did you mean this? Did you mean that? Fuck off. Well, <laughs> we, do, we do have a whole team of uh, researchers trying to work out what you mean in your, tweet, in your WhatsApp message. That bloody that. auto spell on the goddamn fucking phone is getting worse. There's to be honest, there is a big difference between 10 a.m. and 10 p.m., for example. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, when, have when am I done the next time you hear somebody <laughs> saying he's come down the wicket in Iceland, that means he was perched on the bales and then has slid down the stumps to play like a shot. Fireman. Yeah. The chances are he'd be out hit wicket or hit pitch or something. I don't know. He's danced down the cut strip. Yeah. Nah. And by the he's way, you ha I don't think you have done that 10 a.m. p.m. thing, but you know, Good. stop being I'm a pedant. Stop, stop being a pedant. I'm just talking well, about mistakes no, in general. No. That would be frightening if I had done that. I mean, I've been a state a few times in my life, and I have got that wrong myself. But I would hate to think that I would. <laughs> uh, I would hate that to think that I was sending somewhere at 10 a.m. or 10 p.m. when I was supposed to be there at the other one. Uh, I did anything else, were... I'd be sat there on my own, going, "Where the fuck is everybody?" Could you tell <laughs> I did a couple, uh, a couple who were touring London, and they sent each other a message to meet at uh, Edgware Road Station, and one of them went to Edgware Road Station, the other one went to Edgware Station, which were about 10 miles <laughs> apart. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh no! Easily and it take about an hour and a half to get between one and the other. But you know, these things happen. Why would you and give the two stations a very similar name? It's a good point. Well, the same is true of Leicester Square and Leicester. I mean, how often does that happen? Almost never. Less so, yeah. Especially during the lockdown. Yeah, you never know. So anyway, <sighs> should we get back to some cricket then? I mean, you know, what what do we expect? Well, obviously there are going to be changes to England in the second Test match. Stokes is definitely out. And Anderson, they don't seem to think, can play back-to-back -back test matches. So, well, what's going to happen? That, well, the call was, I mean, everyone was saying on air, are they going to drop Anderson? I was like, you, you can't fucking drop Anderson. Just out well, of no, but He's had one bad, uh, come on, come on. The guy's got history, he had one bad test. I've seen him have a bad test before, come back and do something. However, I agree with you, Bear, but uh, well, they, don't, they don't think he can play consecutive games. Well, that's what, point of view. Wow, do they really? I think that's an excuse. I think that's a way of resting him. Uh, anyone actually said that, him. by the way? No, but that's what happened in the first series against uh, West Indies with a similar uh, amount of games, a well, similar gap between the games. Do they know it's fitness? Well, no, but to one degree, they, the problem is solved by Stokes going away because he hardly bowled a bean anyway, although he got two very important wickets. Uh, and they already have four bowlers in the side. So, and then Zach Crawley, there's space for Zach Crawley now, obviously, because Stokes has gone. So he comes back in. So then you've got a conundrum and the bowlers. Do they switch the bowlers up? I well, personally, uh, if Jimmy was fit, I'd still bowl him. I think this whole idea that he's shot is ridiculous. Um, he had a bad game. Fuck it. I've had a bad game. Everyone's had a bad fucking game. Jimmy has a lot of good games and not that many bad games. And I'm sure he'd be chomping at the bit to come back. Um, I think Ed, Ed Smith has seen you bowl, and, and we'll take that into account. To be fair, so. <laughs> well, well, Bess, I'm sorry, Bess ain't no fucking international spinner. I was getting quite uh, irate on air on some on Sunday Saturday night. Saturday. I said the only the only change I would make. I thought I think they're going to they're going to rest Anderson. I was going to say, folks, for Anderson, the only change, because uh, I was expecting then Stokes to be able to bowl at least ten overs in an innings. You know, to be the fifth bowler. And the only change I would make was then, okay, Butler's batting well, leave him in there, bring in folks, and you've got still got five bowlers because they, you know, they had six bowlers with Stokes in the last game, uh, and bring in somebody who can catch the ball, you know, 
Uh, I, I don't agree with you at all about Best. I do admit he's got a problem bowling um, the bad balls. He bowls too many bad balls. Well, but he bowls a lot of good balls as well, and he beats yeah, a lot of players. Yeah, but the problem... And he but... was unlucky that he, three or four chances that he engendered were not taken. Well, that's tr- the, the chance that they weren't taken is unlucky. You know, you expect it, and it's happened to him before. And this is a problem with keeping, that's true. But he's too... For me, he's way too flat. He's... This is, you know what? It's, the spinner has to be consistent. You're, 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 you're trying to build pressure. If the guy's not coming after you, you shouldn't be getting hit. I mean, that we, we went back to Root's captaincy, and that that period when they came out six overs before the new ball, they came out after the break. Pakistan had scored forty odd runs for three wickets or something, or hadn't lost a wicket. I can't remember exactly what the situation was. They might have lost three wickets and scored forty odd runs in a session. They came out after lunch, six overs to go to the new ball. They put fucking Root put himself on with Bess, both bowling around the wicket and bowling completely the wrong fucking line and gave her away well, what was a tight situation, gave away about 30 runs and six overs. Yeah, but and I'm then, not necessarily blaming that on up Bess. And running. What? I, no, I Bess, but Bess, Bess was half the problem. I mean, Root yeah. put himself on, that's a big problem. But I mean, yeah. the fact is that Bess, I mean, why? that here, This is the thing, right? They've called no runs before lunch. They were in a bit of a sticky situation. They shouldn't have had the opportunity to get away after lunch. And therefore, Beth should not have been bowling around the wicket. There was not that much rough to play with. And he'd have been better. They weren't going to try and hit him. If it had bowled outside that line of off stump in, into whatever rough there was, it wasn't turning, it was turning. If he had bowled a decent line, a decent length, they wouldn't have tried to run down the wicket for th- immediately after lunch and smack him over his head would be pitch, my bet. Pitch. Pitch. Wicket. Wicket. I'm calling it the fucking wicket. And uh, they'd have scored six or seven runs. You'd have the new ball and the new bowlers. The batsman still would have been a bit tentative and you'd have a better chance to take wicket. It was just fucking so, poor captaincy and poor bowling. So I think he was the victim too, in this game of poor captaincy and also poor wicket keeping, um, which made him look a lot less valuable than he was because he was getting people to edge the ball and he was getting people to miss the ball uh, you know, for chances of stumping. Um, yeah, and but, but against Le- the batsman Le- who was in form as well. Yeah, <laughs> but but Leach, they've got a majority right-handed batting attack. Leach, why wouldn't Leach do that too? I think Leach is unlucky to be not to be in the side. Uh, I think they they went with best because he did pretty well in South Africa, didn't he? Um, before lockdown, and um, I think he's a redoubtable cricketer. Best, I think he's got a lot going yeah. for him. He's probably he's probably on balance over the last six or eight months. He's probably in the side ahead of Leach. Largely because of his batting, if we're perfectly honest, I think yeah. um, six or eight months we've had about three games in that. <laughs> you know, over the course of that sort of playing time. Yeah. Um, so I'm a big admirer of his. Um, I, I think he can do more as a spinner. I, I think he can, um, you know, a bit more flight and guile and all that sort of stuff that uh, we often speak about with spinners. And I think Leach has got more of that, uh, and probably a greater uh, level of control as a spinner. Um, but um, I don't quite buy into this he's not international class Don Best I think he could easily have a very um, you know long varied international career ahead of him yes he's got things to learn but he's still only 23 or thereabouts isn't he he'll, he'll, he'll improve as a spinner you should uh, you'd imagine um, and yeah he's, he, he was a bit unlucky in the last test match and perhaps bowling to a plan that wasn't of his own creation but there we are. I'm not going to make all those excuses for him because if Lee came into the side, I wouldn't be um, massively upset. But yeah, I think Bess still has a lot to offer, particularly when we go abroad. So what, what are you thinking of the rest of the team then, uh, with Stokes missing, Rabbi? Um, well, I suppose the obvious thing would be to, to draft 
Crawley back in. Um, I read somewhere that if he scores, if, if, if he scores 22 runs in his next two innings, that will take his overall first-class average below 30. So make of that what you will. Uh, that said, I think he was a little unfortunate to be uh, jettisoned from the team. I thought he batted pretty well uh, this summer in patches. He made that decent 70, I seem to recall, against West Indies, for example. Um, and actually, halfway through the, the previous Test match that we've just seen, um, that decision to go with the extra bowler because Stokes wasn't able to bowl in the first half of the match did seem to have backfired. We did seem to be a batsman light. Um, so I wouldn't mind at all seeing him, uh, seeing him back. And I do think that folks has to get his opportunity behind the sticks sooner rather than later. Yeah. Whether that means, whether that means you retain Joss as a batsman or not. Uh, well, um, I think that's wasting a place in a side then. Well, I have to say, you know, the parallel is no way accurate, but um, you remember Ashton Agar's debut for Australia when he was drafted in and played one of the most extraordinary innings at uh, number 11. Should have been fucking uh, stumped on three or whatever it was there. He should have. Uh, but when it came to the next test, he didn't bowl all that well. He didn't look like he was any problem. The fact that he'd scored 90-odd runs uh, was pretty much irrelevant because they picked him uh, to be a bowler. And uh, yeah, it's quite nice to have somebody at number 11 scoring those runs, but um, they were quite quick to jettison him, and correctly so, even though he'd made, you know, important runs in, a, in their cause. So uh, I'm not saying the comparison is exactly accurate with Butler, because there is a possibility, a likelihood even, uh, that Butler would be in a chance of a place as a batsman alone. But I'm hoping people do not forget that he's not a test wicketkeeper. No, he isn't. But they'll, they'll for, well, I mean, you've got to say he's secure now for these next two tests, isn't he? He's just fucking won a test match pretty much. Well, secure as a batsman, why does that mean his keeping's got any better? Well, because otherwise it's a waste of a place. I don't know if I'd have him in as purely as a batsman. And, you know, if you're going to bang in right, a seven he's, scored, batsman, he's had two good innings in the last game and he's going to be playing the same attack again. Um, yeah. Yeah, the There's thing nobody is, I mean, obvious is, that's going to come in. But then without Stokes, you're really, you know, you're, you're limiting your options then when you're bowling, you know. Well, the butler goes up one and folks comes in at... Uh, what do I want? Uh, butler, well, I suppose he's at six now, isn't he? I'd rather have the extra bowler, to be honest. You can't, well... I'd rather... Six bowlers rather, in the last game. Well, six. I think he keeps his place, you know. As a, I, I, I'm kind of loath to uh, have... Butler and a keeper in the side. It's much like having Bairstow and Butler in the side. That kind of annoyed me. That's two yeah. non-keepers. <laughs> well, exactly. It was two non-keepers. One, it was the keeper before. He was worse. Three, if you call Ollie Pope. Yeah. Ollie Pope. Well, yeah. We could have know. a whole team of non-keepers. We probably since, bloody since you mentioned, since you mentioned um, Ashton Agar there, Fred. Um, one thing I really enjoyed about watching him bowl was the, was the miniature strongman thing that he did before he, just before his delivery strides, but both arms yeah. up, like, a, like an old-fashioned circus strongman before he did his delivery stride. And I was watching um, Moe and Ali bowl years later, on air, uh, with some of you not probably, and I just went, who is it? He reminds me of, and someone eventually got it, it was Ashton Agar. So maybe Moe and Ali took some inspiration from Ashton. And there's someone we haven't even talked about, if we're talking about spinners, you know, Moe and Ali, can he come back in? Well, to be fair, I'd rather have him over Bess. I can't. He can't actually come in. Well, he can't come in because he's of not the in bubble, bubble situation. But um, he had a he had a shocker in those ODIs, man. Yeah, <laughs> absolute yeah. howler. He scored what two runs in three in three innings or whatever. 
or maybe yeah. three, you know his batting uh, his batting does go seem to have deeper trust than uh, other people in similar situations um but he's not an option because of the of the whole bubble thing so at least now there are there are games going up and up and down the country so theoretically other people could be brought in and would have played some games and played some form but i'm not going to move this into a county cricket well they brought in what's his name haven't they um really right arm bowler who's supposed to be like anderson no, i can't remember uh, ollie, robinson. ollie robinson no, ollie robinson that's it yeah yeah, I wouldn't uh, mind seeing him. I mean, we are, you know, Ambassador, you're spoiling us with your fast bowling options. And we've got well, tons of they're them. they're not going to drop like... Wokes, are they? Shouldn't and they're do, not going to no. drop Broad. No. So Archer may be vulnerable and Anderson may be vulnerable. Well, I, you know, I think Archer is vulnerable. Uh, I, I, I touched on this on air. I think that uh, we expect so much of him. Uh, and he has been stunning in white ball cricket. Um, he's been pretty good in test cricket. Isn't he's he? been That's all right in yeah, test cricket, but um, he's not. You know, he, he gives runs away. He's, he bowls the wrong lines at times. And the one thing I do yeah. want him but in. No, the side, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no I know no what you're saying. Than anyone else. Yeah. No, no. I know. I know. I know. I'm not saying that because of that. I'm saying his place would be one of the ones that was vulnerable. If you looked at him, you look at how Wood's done. I mean, Wood looked pretty not pretty innocuous against the West Indies, even though he's bowling at 95 miles an hour. Um, and they seem to have. I mean, he's not had another go since. Um, didn't have a chance at Old Trafford, did he? I think they no, got the selection wrong right at the start of the summer. They went with yeah, the, well, the they did. Out and out, out and out pace at the at the GS Bowl, and then they reverted to tight, if you like, um, up at Old Trafford, where you think might have been more helpful. Um, for might have been, the, but the then when a Joffre was saying it wasn't particularly helpful, it was. You know, he said the wicket was not that quick the other day and this is the thing in England uh, I think Joffre's got a lot more to art uh, well I this is the other thing I think about Joffre I think that everyone's kind of got this into his head that he bowls at nine miles now and therefore we should bowl short the enforcer role that Broad got stuck into and actually there might be a lot more skill and the thing about him is he does seem quite an intelligent cricketer and having him in the side with Broad and Anderson for another year or two and he can learn some shit off of those guys because they'll pass everything on with a bit of that uh, and you've already got the, Wokes, not the virus, it? hopefully. Not the virus, hopefully. There is a it's name we've forgotten. Yeah. Uh, Sam Curran. Little Sammy Curran. Well, he's, he's been well, in the squad. Eight tests and eight victories in England, and he can't get a game at the minute. Yeah, it is an embarrassment of riches. I, I, I think there's a little bit too much said about uh, the feelings of players, and you know whether they think they're owed, and whether they whether they should stay in from one game to the next because what have they done? I think it's legitimate no. for for selectors to say we have to pick the best people for this game on this day on this yes. wicket, on this pitch uh, and we're not worrying about the feelings of uh, the, the people uh, and we're not saying to anybody you're guaranteed a place um, because that's your job you know if if you're um, I don't know if you're a second spinner who's had a terrific game and then you go and play a, a, on a pitch which is not going to take any spin at all nobody's going to say well he had a great game last week uh, therefore we've got to pick him so and the no. same should be true with the same should be true with batsmen. The same should be true with with bowlers and wicket keepers. With everybody, I, I think you sit down with a blank slate at the start of a test match and say, "Who are the best eleven players yeah. to win this game?" Well, uh, I think, I and think, if Broadley well, thinks or, or Jimmy thinks that I'm, you know, look at my record and look what I did last week, I don't care about that. I want to know who's going to win us, who's going to give us the best chance of winning this game today or tomorrow. And I think um, if you go right, right back to the. Uh, infamous now uh, dropping of Broad at the start of the summer and all the things that he said. I, I think possibly 
and you may disagree with with the selection but i think you can probably make a good case that the group of selectors are now doing what you're saying there Fred. it's picking a side to yeah. win the and next game and they're getting pushback from the players who yeah. are saying uh you know like i'm owed my place you know i've done enough to keep my place yeah we're well, also I don't, think that, I don't think that part, that, that exists part of this problem is because you've got a much bigger group of players as well um uh, you know your squad is that much bigger because of covid so you've got more yeah. players around just in case so there's more sort of possibility which is an interesting thing why not you know if you took this many this bigger squad abroad Maybe you'd have a chance of winning an away test match in Australia, you know. <laughs> but uh, no one wants to take a squad this big and, with, you know, I presume everyone's got an ego and they want to be playing. Not when there are second and third spin coaches to be taken on tours like that. No, uh, and, and uh, you know, going and back to... keeping coach. Well, yeah. well, you've got well, to think... Well, what's what's he doing? For players? <laughs> you've got to think, I mean, the other thing, I've just just occurred to me is the whole angle with England had been under the Bayliss era that Moeen was a spinner but essentially he was, a bat, he was also a batsman and so that's unbalanced aside and they kind of think they still got to have a spinner in the side and maybe actually on, on some of these wickets you, you know Root could have chucked wow. in a few useful overs and you don't need that spinner in the side altogether I mean there's plenty of times in England we've not gone in with a spinner we've had Moeen there in a, most in of the time drive. In a dry summer like we've had, with no yeah, rain, I think you can't go in without a spinner. And I don't think Root is in any way, shape or form a frontline spinner. I think he's, no. he's probably no, he's not. He's a, he's a, he's a uh, fill-in. But then, yeah. you know, but he's a filler. But then Best didn't bowl a single over in that last game against West Indies. I mean, his game consisted of him batting. And England blew away West Indies with, uh, with seam bowling. Um, the fact that they didn't happen to need it during the game, you know, was good for England. And, and um, talking to Sam Curran as well with him in the side, and I think Best has spoken about this, saying that I like it when he's in the side because he creates that bit of rough outside the right hand as off stump as well. So, mm. you know, well, he'll create the same rough for the uh, Pakistan spinners as well. Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah, possibly. But he's an offie and the other two are leggies. Yeah, yeah, it's not so yeah. useful for them. It's true. That's true. Uh, but um, I mean, they've got Shaheen Afridi, so he creates rough for Best too. You know. Get the opposition out. Make sure Shaheen bowls a lot of overs so uh, I can get some rough outside. Yeah. <laughs> you know. yeah, keep playing maidens off him so they keep uh, him on. Yeah, exactly. but don't get out of him. Yeah, yeah. Well, this has been a very rare grumpy gorilla serious cricket chat. I mean, I don't know whether it's the absence of uh, of Knuckles hyper serious uh, podcast that have caused us to fill the gap, if you as it you might say. Um, but we have done some serious cricket chat as well as some some less serious some nonsense. Chat, fair to say. But uh, should we wrap it up, gents? Uh, just to I think say we should. Guerrilla Cricket, of course, will be back uh, on Thursday morning with uh, a, a reasonably good lineup on Thursday, a much better lineup on Friday. Um, and uh, we'll be doing every game uh, of this summer. I'm not in on play. Friday. Fuck off. And a terrific one on Saturday. Yeah. I'm in on Are Saturday. Are you Grubby for a change? Hmm. I'm popping in for a bit on Saturday, yeah. Nice. I'm so, on Saturday. Uh, there's a bit of an advance. Um, roster information for you groupies to sit down and work out when you can listen and when you can't um it's been fun talking to you guys as ever have we missed hendo i don't think we have have we oh really he's probably moaning about something anyway in his house he can't get his computer to work it's a toshiba they don't even sell laptops so uh well toshibas are shit i bought a tv i bought a toshiba off amazon uh i turned it on and it buzzed like a motherfucker uh and i wasn't very happy and i sent it back two days later it's Buzz Like a Motherfucker, a song that was in the charts. 1980s. Just got in. Yeah. 
<laughs> and on that note, uh, we shall say goodbye, uh, and um, we'll be around on Thursday and after that. So long, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Oh, so that was the innings of Brendan McCollum. Scores lots of fours because he don't like to run them. And here we are waving Brendan McCollum goodbye. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.